Glory be to Jesus. Now, in the past few weeks, we've been looking at the subject of casting out demons. And one of the reasons why this subject is important is because Jesus said that we should cast out demons. He says, this is the assignment given to every believer. He said, go into the world, Mark 16, 15 to 17. He says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. First assignment, you will cast out demons after you preach the gospel or when you preach the gospel. So because it is part of the commandment given to us as part of the great commission, it means that the church must teach the believers to know how to cast demons. Amen. And so we are not projecting the devil or promoting demons, but we need to know who they are because the Bible talks about them. You can't read the Bible and meet them and gloss over them and skip over them. Whatever is in the word of God must be understood by the believer. Remember Jesus said that when we go out to preach the gospel, then he says, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, including casting demons out. This is also part of the assignment. So it is part of the discipleship process that even new believers must be taught how to cast demons out. It is part of total and wholesome discipleship. And so we have looked at it over the past three weeks. We have, this is the part four. And we have looked at their, their origins and we have also looked at what they do and the fact that they are disembodied beings and that they work with Satan. And that they are not the same as Satan. Satan is an entity by himself. And the rest of all those that work with him are called demons. And then we also proved that they have certain characteristics. For instance, they can lie. And they are also very strong. And then we also realize that they have got doctrines. And they can also cause diseases and infirmities, etc. Please hop onto uh, our YouTube channel and our Facebook page. And you will see part one part two and part three there. In part two, we looked at how to cast them out, the weapons to use to cast them out. And then we look at the name of Jesus Christ. And then we also saw that we can use the word of God. And last week, we also realized that we can create an atmosphere of fasting and prayer and an atmosphere of holy living that puts you in a position where the power of God is released easily through such vessels. Now, tonight, I want to conclude on the weapons some of the weapons and um, we were looking at today that we also use the spiritual gifts the spiritual gifts especially the gift of discerning of spirits it's necessary when we will cast demons out of all the nine spiritual gifts listed in first corinthians chapter 12 i believe that the gift of discerning of spirits is an essential gift in the ministry of casting demons out. Please come with me, first of all, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As part of the previous teaching, we saw that so many demons can inhabit one person. They cause trouble, they cause problems, they oppose the will of God, they cause affliction, etc. And the scripture tells us that we must cast them out. So spiritual gifts, especially the gift of discerning, of spirits in first Corinthians chapter 12 and the verse number 4 to 11 it says there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit when he began it he says that I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts so remember that these gifts are spiritual in nature and they are also called manifestations there are differences of ministries but to the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. These gifts are for every believer. Every believer. They are given by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he has gifts with him. So when the Holy Spirit is living in you, you are already a candidate for the manifestation of these gifts. He determines which one of them is released at which point whilst he's in you. But the point is that you are a candidate for all. Now the Bible says that 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Holy Spirit. The word of wisdom is the supernatural ability to know the mind of God or the wisdom of God concerning complex issues and complex matters. So when Joseph came out of prison and by the gift of word of knowledge, he was able to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. He moved on from there into the gift of word of wisdom where he was able to now bring solution to the complex economic situation that the Pharaoh had dreamt about. And so for that young man who came out of prison to roll out a 14 year economic development plan, not having studied economics, doesn't have a PhD. He was not a finance minister, anything. He came with such a brilliant plan and the job was given to him to manage it. And by the wisdom of God, this same gift of word of wisdom, he was able to handle such situations by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So such a gift was also seen in Solomon when he handled that complex issue at that midnight when two women had come into the palace with a very complex situation where there was no DNA technology in those days to determine whose, dot, whose child that, that child was. And one, every one of them was claiming that the living baby was theirs. And none of them was claiming that the dead baby was theirs. And at that instant, that wisdom kicked in into Solomon. And he said, let the executioner bring a sword. And let him divide the living baby into two and share it for them. And the woman who was the real mother cried and said, leave the baby. Let the other woman have it. Because she gave birth to it, she can't allow it to die. But the other woman, strangely, was happy for the baby to be divided. And that wisdom was enough for Solomon to determine that without DNA evidence, the wisdom of God is able to bring solution to complex issues. So the gift of word of wisdom. And then we are told that there is also the gift of word of knowledge by the same spirit. I'm not teaching spiritual gifts, but because I have to mention descending of spirits. Spiritual gifts of word of knowledge is a supernatural ability to know what is happening facts of things that have happened in the past and are happening now and so things like Acts chapter 5 when Peter met Ananias and Sapphira they came to church and they lied about the sale of their property and Peter picked it by word of knowledge and told them that why have you conspired to lie to the Holy Ghost and they fell down and died that was that manifestation and then the Bible says that to another faith by the same spirit this is not a type of faith we all exercise in receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior this is the type of faith Elijah would have manifested when he was dealing with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel to call over 450 prophets of Baal to a contest on Mount Carmel and to declare that the God who answered by fire, you need some kind of faith to operate at that level. And so this type of faith also is needed by the believer. In fact, you need this type of faith to actually operate the rest of spiritual gifts. Because if you call someone out by word of knowledge and you feel that the Holy Ghost is saying that someone will be in the church service called Eunice, you, you need to be bold enough to announce it. You need this type of faith to actually operate these gifts. And then also we have to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits. I, I have paused explaining all the rest. We'll do that another time. But I want to hit on the spiritual gift of the gift of descending of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues but the one and the same spirit works all of these things distributing to each one of us individually as he wills so one of the gifts of the spirit is the gift of discerning of spirits it is a supernatural ability to distinguish between spirits because there is more than one type of spirit operating in the universe or on the face of the earth there is the human spirit, there is the spirit of the devil or demons, and then there is the spirit of God. So we've got three types of spirits in operation. They all speak, they all can direct things, they all can influence many, many things. And so when you are dealing with demons and you need to cast demons out as per our job description as believers, according to Mark 16, 15, all the way to 20, then it is very important that in order to deal with entities that you don't see with your eyes, that you operate this supernatural gift of the spirit to distinguish between the operations of spirits at any point in time. And at any point in time, one or a combination of these spirits are in operation. 
Either the spirit of God is in operation or the spirit of the devil or demons are in operation or the spirit of man is also in operation. And it's very, very important that whatever you are dealing with, it needs this very important gift of the spirit to be able to diagnose things beyond the eye. Hallelujah. Now the scripture, you know, we know that in, in, in medicine we'll have microscopes and and, and um, stethoscopes to, to feel things and microscopes to see uh, bacteria and other stuff that we don't see with our physical eyes. In the same way, in the realm of the spirit, the microscope and the stethoscope of the spirit is the gift of descending of spirits to be able to discern and to find out what is not visible to everybody. Are you here? Glory be to Jesus. And so these gifts is important. And one of the reasons why it's important is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Then we will look at some practical examples in casting demons out and the exercise of this gift. All these gifts have to be prayed for. The scripture says, pray that you may prophesy. So once they are gifts of the spirit, we pray that we amplify its manifestation in our lives, especially in the area of casting demons out. Because demons can lie, you need the gift of discerning your spirits to pick them out easily. Sometimes you see a manifestation and the gift of the spirit is what helps the man of God or the believer to discern that it is this type of spirit. Next time when I'm teaching on different kinds of spirits, we'll be able to know that there are different kinds and sometimes distinguishing which type helps in casting it out easily. But whatever be the case, the name of Jesus is superior to cast out demons when even you lack precision. Amen. First John chapter 4 and the verse number 1 to 3. It says, beloved, believe not every spirit. Now that tells you, he's talking to Christians. He says, don't believe every spirit. See, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, that the things that we see are not made of things which do appear. That means that when you see anything on the earth, there are spiritual connections to it. There is a spiritual source to certain things. And that is why these gifts of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural ability, it's not, it's not mind reading. <laughs> it's a supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit, imparted into your spirit. It's a communication gift of the Spirit to indicate to you what kind of spirit is in operation at a time. The scripture says, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. So when we see something, whether, because sometimes you need to know what kind of spirit is operating even under those churches. Because there are false churches that are, being, that are using satanic power to operate. And they will manifest miracles, signs and wonders. And they will manifest things that appear as if it is the gift of word of knowledge, supernatural ability to know things in your life and your family. So they will tell you the name of your great-grandfather and your grandfather and all of that. That can genuinely happen with the Spirit of God. But Satan also operates that. And then there are also others who are operating human knowledge, total knowledge. Somebody has actually briefed them. There are false prophets who monitor people's Facebook pages when they are coming to your church. And they observe those who have been commenting on your page and they know that these are your church members and they find their names etc and when they come into your church then they say I feel in my spirit that there is somebody here called Araba which of the spirit? the spirit of God, the devil or your own total knowledge of your human spirit that investigated that by email, Facebook etc may the Holy Ghost expose such false prophets in the name of Jesus and may the Lord displace them from his church of which he is the head in Jesus name Amen. So he says, believe not every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. That's why when you hear a voice, you need to be checking to know whether they are of God or not. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Take note of it. When he says we should test the spirits, the next thing he introduced was false prophets. That means that certain prophetic operations come by certain spirits that are not necessarily the spirit of God. It means, and he's talking to believers, that you may see something that is even demonic and you must deal with the power of darkness behind it. But because you are blind and spiritually not alert, spiritually not alive, spiritually not connected, you, your antenna must be sharp. 
You must be sensitive in the spirit to be able to download strategic information from the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, this is how, it says, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Because of the danger of false prophets. False prophets are called false because much as what they do appear to be spiritual, miraculous, etc. The source of their prophecy is not the spirit of God. It is the spirit of the devil. And it's able to work nicely with them. And that is why you need to operate this gift when we are dealing with this thing. So you don't find yourself in false churches. So you don't find the wrong person putting his hands on you. So that you don't get mis mis misled by another person in the name of the Lord said something. Are you here? And he says that believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because of the fact that many false prophets have gone out into the world. And this is how we know the spirit of God. Verse 2. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses, sorry, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof we have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. So the scripture says that there are many spirits, because there are many spirits, when we are called to cast demons out, we must not be deceived. We must be sensitive in the spirit. We must be sharp in the spirit. So that this gift of the spirit, the gift of descending of spirits, will be activated in your life. Will be sharp in your life. I pray that as we follow the previous um, processes or means of activating the presence of God. For instance, a holy living and reading the word and all of that. All those things prepare you. Fasting and prayer life. All those things prepare you to be sharp and alert in the spirit. Because those two conditions create the right atmosphere for the spirit of God to work. And I pray that your ears will be sharp in Jesus name. And your spirit man will be alive to the voice of the genuine Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now let's look at some examples in Mark chapter 9. Verses 25 to 29. The Bible says, when Jesus saw, Mark 9, 25 to 29. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. And he said to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter no more. Now, it would take the gift of descending of spirits to know that the spirit that has taken possession of the boy that had been responsible for his deafness and for his inability to speak from childhood was a spirit called the spirit of death and dampness a spirit that causes deafness and dampness Jesus diagnosed it not by stethoscope not by blood test not by x-ray but the spiritual x-ray of the gifts of the spirit supervised by the Holy Ghost himself. That he will let you see what is beyond the scene. And Jesus was able to accurately discern that this is the spirit that is operating. So he addressed the spirit and commanded it out. There are occasions where we would use the general rule. I am not sure what is in operation, but I bind all demons here and cast them out. And there are certain times where we need to be specific like Jesus did and address a demon by its name and commanded it to leave. It took this gift of the spirit in Christ to locate this entity and command it out of the body. Because you see, deafness and dampness can also be caused by other factors. But he said, you deaf and dumb spirit, come out. He was able to accurately discern what is going on. So we don't go on a wild goose chase over any problem. When there are certain situations, we'll be able to know whether this is demonic or not demonic. The gift of discerning of spirits gives you that ability. To know whether what we are dealing with is demonic or not demonic. And in this case, Christ asserted this is demonic. And he commanded the demon out. May the Holy Ghost open your eyes. May your being filled with the Holy Spirit 
as I always say, must not be limited to speaking in tongues, but move into new dimensions of the Holy Ghost. The gifts of the Spirit, especially the gifts of descending of spirits. Why am I dwelling on it? Because the scripture says we should ask for any of them. It says desire earnestly the best gifts. When it says the best gifts, it doesn't mean that one is better than the other. It's saying that the one that you desire, spiritual gifts must be desired. The scripture gives us that in the latter verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Elisha desired the anointing on his father in the faith. He said, I desired a double portion of the prophetic anointing on your life. And it was granted him. And then Paul teaches us in the chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. He says, desire earnestly the spiritual gifts. Then he says, and I will show you an, a more excellent way of having them and exercising them. And that's where he talked about love. And then when he moved to chapter 14, he wanted now to teach us on how to regulate Properly handle the usage of the gifts so that it is not abused in the church. And another time, when God gives us the grace, I will teach on effective use of the gifts so that it is not abused in the house of God. Amen. Now, so we see here that Jesus commanded a demon and called it, you deaf and dumb spirit, come out. And the Bible says, and then the spirit cried out convulsed the boy greatly and came out of him. He recognized the fact that Jesus could identify him, addressed him, and he came out of the boy. That is powerful. And the boy lay there as one that is dead. And many people said he was dead. But Jesus took him up by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he came to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind, can come out, but nothing by, by, by fasting and prayer. Amen. Now, in another occasion, on another occasion, Luke chapter 11, verse 14 to 15. Luke chapter 11, verses 14 to 15. The gift of descending of spirits in casting demons out. May you be anointed with the Holy Ghost. Amen. May this gift be deployed in you. May it be manifested in Jesus' name that you are not kept in the dark. It's very, very important because a lot of things go on and we have no clue. Sometimes even there's a manifestation and because of the lack of operation of this gift, many Christians can't tell what is going on. Sometimes when you are casting demons out to your ministry and people are falling and they are manifesting and all of that, it takes that gift to see what kind of demon is manifesting because all of them are not the same. And sometimes the manifestation can tell you what is going on or what is, what is God saying about the situation. There are times that people manifest. It's not the demon. It is actually another prophetic action that takes this gift of the spirit to discern what is God communicating by the prophetic action. The Bible said there was a time that Ezekiel had to go and lay siege over a, you know, he had to, put up like a, a brick wall, something that he, he built himself with soil, and then he had to labor it for some days. And it's a prophecy to say that Jerusalem is about to be besieged. So if he's doing that every day, you understand, what's, what's this madman doing? It will take the gift of the Spirit to know that there is a prophetic action taking place. Amen. Amen. He, verse 11 of chapter, sorry, Luke 11, 14 to 15. It says, and Jesus was casting out a demon, and it was mute. So it was, when the demon had gone out, that the mute spoke, and marveled, and multitudes marveled. But some of them said, he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Another reality here, the Bible says, the demon was mute. That means that this very demon manifests muteness. So when that possesses a boy or a child or a person, that person lacks the ability to speak. In such a case, we can do all the medical exams and tests, x-rays, MRIs, and everything, and you will not find anything because the stethoscopes and microscopes of doctors don't see demons. 
but these are entities that exist and their exertion of their authority, their power, their afflictions, they show physically, but we don't see them. That's why the gift of discerning of spirits is necessary to diagnose what is going on beyond the scene. The Bible says that it is necessary, and that is why God gives it as a gift. A demon was cast out. The Bibles describe it as being mute. Please come with me to Mark chapter 5. Verse 1 to 16. Mark 5, 1 to 16. Because there are some conditions that the disease is spiritual in origin. So there are spiritual sicknesses. And doctors may find something is not right, but they can't tell why the thing is not right. Many occasions, doctors with experience will tell you, something is not right, but we can't tell what is not right. There is a pain. You have done everything and you can't find anything, but there's a pain. There are conditions that are beyond explanation. Sometimes some conditions have been described as idiopathic. It has no specific, you know, description. I mean, the, the pain is there, but it's of unknown origin. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Mark chapter 5, verse 1 to 16, it says, Then they came to the other side of the country of the gatherings. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met out of him, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He had his dwelling among the tombs. No one could bind him, not even with chains. And because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, the chains had been pulled apart by him. The shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, cutting himself with stones. The scripture says he's been crying out, cutting himself, self-harming. All that is going on. Probably they've taken him for rehabilitation. He comes back. The condition is the same. When Jesus arrived on the scene, he was able to diagnose what was behind it. One demon spoke up. It later out, it later on transpired, he was the spokesman. He was spokesman representing over 2,000 demons resident in one man. And they were causing him to self-harm. And no one could bind him. The family had given up. And he's right there on the mountains in the tombs crying every day, shouting. And Jesus came and the scripture says Jesus cast this demon, these demons out of the man. Please let's look at Luke 13, 11 to 16. Luke chapter 13. Verses 11 to 16. The Bible says Jesus arrived in this place. And then there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. A spirit of infirmity. For 18 years, this woman had been like this. She was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. You need to have diagnosed what was going on to say she is loosed from her infirmity. The Bible says the spirit that was responsible for the woman's state, physically she's bent over, coiled over, Probably a very severe case of a curvature of the spine. And the Bible says that Jesus comes in and he says, you are loosed from this infirmity. The Bible described the spirit responsible as a spirit of infirmity. And then the Bible says, Jesus then laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. When the demon left, the demon that had made her to walk and bent over, now she could stand straight. For 18 years, she could not stand straight. I'm sure they would have taken her in our days to hospital, scans and everything. They would see what is going on. But there was no way they could perfect it because another power is responsible for what is going on. It's beyond science. It's beyond medicine. The realm of the spirit is also real. Hallelujah. I've always believed that science complements God. Amen. 
what God has done already, science come to study about it. Science don't discover anything new that God has not made already. For there's nothing new under the heavens. God established all. It is science that is now coming to study about the body that God made. Because science has still not been able to produce any human being yet. So science, let's calm down. Scientists, let's calm down. Let's, let's humble ourselves. Amen. Let's sort Corona. You see, little Corona is disturbing us. We are coming very far. Science, sort that out. Sort that out. Amen. But you need the help of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Now, for, because this is much more public, um, for the purpose of those who don't know me, I am one. I am a scientist. So I'm not saying that science is not necessary. I'm just proving the fact that the word of God trumps over science. And that science is actually investigating what God has already made. So they work together. Science ends up proving what God has already said. It took so many years for science to prove that the world is spherical. The word of God already said it. In Isaiah, very clearly, God was already sitting in the sphere of the earth. Isaiah said it way back. We now found it out. Right from the book of Psalm 8, he says the heavens. And it talks about many stars. Now we now got telescope. And we could see it and so we found something new. The scripture said they were there. He made the stars. Plenty of them. The wells were framed by the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. The wells were framed by the word of God. Now we find signs saying the wells are there. Planets. And they keep on discovering more. Keep discovering. It has been established already by this superior God. So when the word of God tells us that there are some conditions. That there are spirits behind it. You need to have. You know, understand what God is doing. Do your part and let the power of God also do its will. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. A spirit of infirmity had caused this woman to be bent over like that for 18 years. She can't stand straight. And Jesus comes into the picture and he commands the spirit of infirmity to leave. And then he touched the woman and the Bible says she stood straight. Wow. No surgery stood straight and glorified God but the ruler of the synagogue became angry this is dry religious leader you've been leading this church this synagogue for all these years and this woman has been coming to church and you can't discern what was wrong and another one with the spirit of God comes into the picture sorts the thing out and the spirit of jealousy kicks in it tells you, then some of these things happen in churches. Yes, sir. It happens in the ministry where pastors are jealous of each other. And you ask yourself, what kind of spirit is in them? Which, which Holy Ghost called them? Except that they think it's like a marketplace where everybody has come to sell tomatoes. So when another person comes, you are jealous and fighting the work of the ministry. May the Holy Ghost purge the house of God. May there be real, genuine men of God in the pulpits of God's house. In Jesus' name. The Bible says the ruler of the synagogue became angry. And that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Are you not happy this woman of your church has been set free? Just because you were not used by God to do so, so you are angry. If it's not you, it shouldn't be anybody. This is not the spirit of God. And the Bible says the woman was healed and then he found an excuse to say, hey, um, you have held it on the Sabbath day, so it's a crime. And said to the crowd, there are six days that men have to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Look at this. Verse 15. Then the Lord answered him. I love Jesus. He answered him and said, hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath day lose your donkey from the store and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman, this is the thrust of the message I'm giving to you. So not all this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, think of it, 
for the past 18 years, should she not be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Jesus comes in again and says, it was Satan that bound that woman for 18 years. It is the gift of discerning of spirits to find out what kind of spirit has put the woman in such a bondage for 18 years. And this pastor or the priest in that synagogue has been there for all this while, has been reading, has been reading only raw, dry, religious scripture with no revelation and could not discern that what has been going on has been the work of the devil. Probably he's also giving the excuse, it was the Lord who gave. The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That should even be revealed by the spirit, even if it is God. Paul said, I suffer affliction in my body and I sought the Lord three times on it and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. You can't say that until the Lord said that to you. So don't accept certain conditions in the name of that I'm suffering and his grace is sufficient. Did he tell you his grace is sufficient? This thing must be dealt with, deal with it. So Paul went to God and checked with God and God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. you this is not going to kill you. You'll be fine. I'm just using it to make sure that you are, you are humble. You are seeing too many revelations in the heavenlies. You've been to the third heaven to see things humans don't see. He himself finally concluded that in order for me not to be raised above measure, not to lift myself above measure, that I'm being humbled this way. He said, I saw the Lord three times. Seek the Lord three times on the matter. There are some things that must not be buried in Jesus' name until the Lord tells you bury it. And it takes the gift of the spirit. So Paul, Jesus comes here to say, this woman has been bound by Satan for 18 years. Some of the things you are dealing with, a spirit is behind it. We are being academic, intellectual, diplomatic, and therefore the devil is having a field day. But may God raise some Christians now who will challenge the authority of the devil in your home and in your family, in your marriage, and in your situation. In Jesus' mighty name. There are some things that don't work like that anymore. It must be challenged in Jesus' name. The word of God teaches us that. It calls for discerning of spirits to deal with the situation. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of the barren situations they are not just ordinary they are not just medical they are not just gynecological there are spirits behind it and you need to deal with them if you deal with them and they are not behind it you lose nothing but it takes the gift of the discerning of spirits to be sharp to detect it in jesus name hallelujah glory be to jesus amen and amen the bible says that he cast the thing out and he addressed the man as a hypocrite Please come with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 19. Paul said, they, they arrived in this place in Philippi, and the scripture said that they, the scripture says that now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us. A certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us. Who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. There are different kinds of spirits. That's why you have to be careful when you think you have heard God. This is a spirit of divination. They always work with familiar spirits. They are familiar with you, familiar with your family, familiar with situations. And people are, are using all kinds of extrasensory perceptions and have opened their soul up for demonic voices to speak to them. And it's not the spirit of God at all. And the Bible says this girl had a certain spirit in her. And she brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. These are the kinds of spirits that are behind power mystery. And all those other mediums that people go to, to ask of things concerning their future. And the Bible says that this girl followed Paul and us. And she cried out publicly saying, these men are the servants of the most high God. Who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Church, what she was saying was true. 
Paul and his team were men of God who are proclaiming the way of salvation. It's correct. But the Bible says she did this for many days. Not one day, not two days, probably for about seven days. Every day she will see them in the marketplace. Ah, these are the men of God. They are showing us the way of salvation. And if you are not spiritually alert and spiritually sensitive, your head will be swollen with pride that somebody has detected. You guys can't tell, but I'm a man of God. And you are walking about. And this guy too is also carrying out with her fortune telling. At a point in time, whilst you are not sensitive, she's selling a different thing. She's trying to let people know that you are all the same. She's trying to identify with you indirectly. Sometimes we find some false men of God trying to locate some genuine men of God to mix up with them so that you won't tell. That's why as a pastor, don't just rush to people's pulpits in the name of fame that you want to be known. Stick to your calling in Jesus' name. It doesn't mean that if you don't travel from nation to nation, God has not called you. There are some people, God called them to a village and they stay there forever and they transform the whole village. Stick to your calling. Amen. Don't just run to pulpits and you never know where you have stepped until scandal breaks out and you find out where you yourself checking with God or not. And in the same way, you have to be careful who you invite into your pulpit. The fact that they have a name, they don't have a name that is above the name of Jesus. So don't, don't be looking for those things. Stick to the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. So that you will know what kind of spirit is in operation. This girl was also publicly working signs and wonders. And when she saw Paul and his team coming every day to the same market center, to the same town center, preaching the gospel, she would stop what she's doing and try to prophesy into their own. And said, these are also men of God. They are doing the work of God. Sometimes you have people trying to say that you are doing your best and that your church is doing well, etc. Be careful of looking for recommendation or commendation from men. Let your commendation come from above. Amen. And the Bible said that this man, Paul, when this went on for many days, Paul greatly annoyed. How can you be annoyed when somebody is praising you? In the, realm, in the spirit, the gift of discerning of spirits kicked in and Paul could discern. What the girl is saying is true, but the spirit that she's do, using is not the spirit of God. The fact that somebody can preach from Matthew chapter 2 does not mean that they are operating by the spirit of God. And the Bible says, Paul being greatly annoyed in his spirit, turned and said to the spirit, not the girl, to the spirit in the girl. To the spirit in the girl. And he says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her and he came out that very minute the he came out of the hair amen glory be to jesus and when her master saw that the hope of their prophet was gone they seized paul and silas dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities and they were beaten very well for doing the work of god but they cast the demon out it means that the master saw a manifestation probably the girl fell down Probably they saw that she could not divine anymore. The spirit in hell was cast out. Paul could discern it. May we be sensitive. So it, this is a demon. It, she's working freely for all these days. Somebody need to shut it down. In Jesus name. So you don't walk about and just receive the accolades of men. Sometimes when the devil wants to hide. He will, learn to, he will praise you. And say oh that's a good man of God. Yes it's true. They know that you are genuine. But they are not actually going to change. They are saying that so that people will forget about them. Diversion. Amen. Amen. And in the same thing, these things also happen in our families. Demons operate at different levels. So that you know what kind of spirit that sister of yours is operating by. Yes. So you know even to understand what kind of family you came from. Because you, you had no clue why certain events happen in the family. Why certain things happen to certain people at a particular age in the family. And none of them had attended any executive meeting to say that when we are 35, this misfortune should happen to us. But at the age of 35, something happens to everybody in the family. This is not ordinary. And you can't stand and watch. You need to be spiritually sensitive to cast the demon troubling the family out. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Every one of us 
must be spiritually alert by the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So as we endeavor to obey Jesus' command to cast demons out, may we be blessed in such a way that we operate this gift of the Spirit, the gift of discerning of spirits. Hallelujah. Because when you don't operate that gift, we may make mistakes with our judgment. We won't even know what is behind the situation. There are some misfortunes that it is not the devil, but it is God. So you don't waste energy. This gift will make you aware. That's why Paul, when he was facing, there are times he said, the devil was the one attacking me. There's a time he says, God said to him, don't worry about this affliction. It, I, 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 I will handle it and you can go through. So you just don't worry about it anymore. He went to check with God and God will communicate by any of these gifts of the spirit. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. So we see from the teaching tonight that we have seen events where Christ had to cast a demon out by identifying the demon by the gift of descending of spirits. And then we see Paul also identifying this spirit of divination in the girl. Much as she is saying all the right things, the spirit behind her was wrong. And sometimes people may appear to have heard God and it's not God. David in First Chronicles, had a voice tell him to go and count Israel. And it was the devil, the Bible says it was Satan who moved him. So you would think you have heard God, whereas it's not God. That is why in operating these gifts, God gives us pastors who will guide us on its proper use so that we are not misled into the area of error. In the first John 4 account we read, it says that that is how you are able to distinguish between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There is a spirit of error. So that you can cast that demon out in Jesus' name. And in every situation where we find ourselves, things that are happening to us, may the Holy Ghost help you in Jesus' name to be able to operate in the gifts of the spirit to deal with some of these complex issues. And it is the spirit, it's the responsibility of every believer to ensure that you are discerning right. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They appear foolishness to him. Neither can he know them, because the things of the Spirit of God are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually distinguished. You can only make the difference. Between them by the spirit. Hallelujah. By the spirit. Hallelujah. The natural man. That is why you have to be spiritual. The unsafe person does not understand the things of the spirit of God. Because they appear foolishness to them. That's why I don't sometimes waste my time on people who are not spiritual. Arguing things that are spiritual. Because they can't get it. They cannot understand it. And their unbelief in God does not remove the fact that God still exists. In Jesus' name. Recently there has been an exposure of some false prophets and false pastors in in Ghana by some politician. He's not born again. He's not born again. He can go on doing it, but that does not attack the true church. Because all those people he's dealing with, they are already fetish priests. Who have seen an opportunity in church. And it's sometimes the failure of some of the church fathers. Who were not discerning enough. And gave those people some platforms. And now they now mislead the people of God. And the guys have all swarmed the place. So this politician can go ahead. But he's not born again. And he cannot tell the church how to run the church. It must take true apostles to warn such people to back off. And know what they are doing. And stay in their place. When they want to deal with the matters of God, they must be born again and be filled with the spirit of God. If he believes anything in the word of God, he himself must obey the word of God and be born again. And come out of some of those reckless lifestyles that he's leading. Now let's go on. Uh, This is apostolic authority, so you don't worry. I know how to respond to sick people. But they must know their limits. And don't categorize the whole church into such things. And tell people where they should send their tithes and not to send their tithes. That's not his place. 
And when such people arrogate themselves, such powers, God brings them down. Now, let's go on. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 to 22, it teaches that it is the responsibility of every Christian to be discerning. It says, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The apostle John issues similar warning when he says, do not believe every spirit. So, such spirits exist. And if we would deal with with matters that the devil is causing trouble, you need to operate these gifts of the spirit to silence certain things that must be silenced in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now you see, let me give you one final example before we do tonight. It's about Job. Now you see, in Job chapter 1, verse 1 to 22, we will not read all that is there, I'll just tell you. God decides to hold a conversation with Satan about Job. And the Bible said the end of that conversation was that Satan was given the right to harass Job's life, attacked his business, destroyed a lot of things concerning his home. His children, his 10 children were all killed, seven sons and three daughters. He lost all his children in a day. God said the man was righteous. Everybody knew him as a religious man and a righteous man. And just in one day, all his children die. Another one day, every business he owned, he owned several businesses. Every one of them was lost in one day. And every day, one day after the other, calamity upon calamity. Until finally himself, from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, he was full of incurable boils. To the point that his wife looked at him and said, do you still retain your righteousness? Curse God and die. And his response was, do we receive good things from God and enjoy it? And when we receive bad things from God, we should curse him. And the Bible says, in all this, Job did not sin with his mouth. He maintained his integrity. But why am I telling you this? Again, that is why we have to know what we are dealing with by the gift of discerning your spirits, so that we don't go binding demons when they are not the ones responsible. It's this gift that will put the two together. Amen. Now, the Bible says that because of lack of such discerning of spirits, some people can draw wrong and inaccurate conclusions over other people's predicament and situation. And the Bible tells us Job had three wonderful friends. They love him. And they came, but none of them checked with God before they came. The disaster was there. It was a painful situation. And the Bible says that his friends, in Job chapter 2, verse 11 to 13, they came, and when Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place. Elivas Bildad Sofa. For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and comfort him. When they raised their eyes from afar and they did not recognize him, they lifted their voices and wept. And each one of them tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their head towards heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground for seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him for they saw that his grief was very great. Sometimes when you are going through some pain, some people keep quiet. It's not that they have shunned you. It's just because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. You need to descend correctly. So you don't become needlessly upset with some people. You need this gift. In Jesus' name. Amen. Some people don't know how to comfort people. Sometimes they too, they are shocked. So they are quiet and not saying anything. Job chapter 4 verse 7 to 9 tells us about Eliphaz, the first friend. And he started his accusation by saying, remember now, whoever perished being innocent. So they started accusing him that if you cannot be, you can't say you are innocent. You may have sinned. That's why this evil has come upon you. Or where were the upright ever cut off? Even as I've seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble, they reap the same. So he began to accuse Job. His friend Bildad then takes it up in chapter 8. 
verse 1 to 4. Then Bildad also said, how long would you speak these things? And the words of your mouth be like a strong wind. Does God subvert judgment or the almighty pervert justice? If your sons have sinned against him, he has cast them away for their transgression. Can you imagine such insensitive comments coming from people who appear to be spiritual and they are not discerning the mind of God? They are accusing Job that he has sinned. Now the second friend is saying that it was his sons who sinned and God has killed them. He shouldn't worry. The third friend, Zophar, speaks and says in Job 11, 1 to 4, and then verse 10 to 13. He said, should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be vindicated? Should your empty talk make men hold their peace? And when you mock, should no one rebuke you? For you have said that your doctrine is pure and you are clean in your own eyes. And he continued to actually also accuse Job. Then Job goes on in chapter 13 verse 4 and says to them, You are forgers of lies. You are all worthless physicians. And then in chapter 16 verse 2, he says to them, I have heard many things today. Miserable comforters are you all. They could not discern that what was behind the case was God himself. And that Satan has really come to destroy. But it is not because Job has sinned. May when we are dealing with certain adversities in people's lives and situations, may we properly hear from God before we assign the wrong blame to the wrong person in Jesus' name. Because sometimes that's what has gone on in many places. Every now and then, we want to immediately find someone to blame. And most of the time, it has come from the flesh. Most of the time, we have behaved like Job's three friends. And come with strong case to say, throughout the scriptures, God has never brought such judgment unless you have sinned. Sometimes a man of God goes through afflictions and people say God has abandoned him. Have you really checked with God? David said... Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. For 17 years, David was running away like a fugitive. For 13 years, Joseph was put in a position you ask, where was God? And so may we learn to discern correctly so that we can deal with the right spirit behind the issue. In Jesus' name. So the truth was that all these people were blind. But then finally, Elihu makes a very important statement. In verse 7, he said, I am young in years and you are very old. So I was afraid to open my mouth. When the first two friends spoke, he watched them all. There were four. Three of them spoke. And this man, Elihu, decided that, well, let me now speak since all of you have spoken. And Elihud makes a very profound statement. He was the one different from them. He was the one who would have picked something from God. And he said something here. He said in verse 7, Age should speak. A multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. Great men are not always wise. Nor do the aged always understand justice. And the scripture says, he says there is a spirit in man. That's your human spirit. And the inspiration of the almighty, the breath of the almighty, the spirit of God gives a certain level of understanding to your human spirit to be able to decode what naturally you can decode. And when we have to cast demons out and to figure out what is causing predicaments and problems and challenges, may the spirit of God Bring spiritual awareness and understanding to your human spirit. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. And the Bible tells us that eventually Job was restored and God spoke to him. I've just shared this with you to understand that of the many things that we have learned of how we can cast demons out as weapons, one of them is the weapon of the gift of descending of spirits. In the mighty name of Jesus. The supernatural ability 
given by the Spirit to distinguish between the kinds of demons that may be in operation in a person, in a home, in a family, in a workplace, behind what is going on, the situations across the world, you will be able to know. And when you get to know, then you move the next step of commanding them to leave. But whatever the means, you must command them to leave. You must command them to back off in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe you have been blessed tonight by this message. And I pray in Jesus' name that you'll be able to apply them. We pray tonight, everybody, let's lift our voices and pray that God Almighty will inspire you the gift of descending of spirits may the Holy Ghost release these gifts in you in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray wherever you are. Paul said, desire earnestly the gifts. First Corinthians 14 one says follow after love are spiritual gifts tonight in a short time i want you to pray that this gift of descending of spirits will manifest in your ministry will manifest in your life as a believer in jesus name